thanks everybody. Uh, thank you for your time and your consideration for being part of this audio. So today we have another another guest. It's pretty intriguing for myself. Her name is uh, Hasta Kasha. Thank you for being part of this audio, Hasta. Thank you so much, Carlos. Thank you for inviting me here. And I'm very honored to be a part of this uh, podcast and share my knowledge on space architecture. A little bit about myself. I'm a space architect and I serve as an architectural concept developer at Mars Society of Canada, where we are mostly focused on uh, exploring more about Mars. I got this uh, subject to study when I was just uh, 13 years old. I attended a NASA Space Academy and in that during that academy we were given a task to design something on the lunar base and I ended up designing a fuel station thinking that we might end up with the fuel while coming back to the earth and I got an award for designing on the moon so in that moment I had this thought that NASA is planning to design something on the moon from now Later on, we might end up designing something for the another planets. So how do I design that? So maybe I need to become an architect because on Earth, to design something, uh, we need to become an architect as one of example is you. So I thought, okay, maybe I can become architect. But then how do I differentiate myself from the other people? Because I will be designing for the other planets. So I thought maybe I would call myself space architect. That's when I came to know the term space architecture. And when I discovered this term by myself, there was nothing, there was no education. There was nothing like space architecture at that, at that moment. But uh, just until, uh, in 2019, uh, I came across the Sasakawa Institute for Engineering, Sasakawa Space in, uh, Sasakawa Institute at University of Houston. Where they, where they do, uh, teach masters of science in space architecture. And there's also Wenya University where you can study that the space architecture subject. So now this education is coming up. So to become an architect, first I wanted to understand because in, when we study just architecture, uh, we don't quite understand about the materials being used or the construction techniques behind it or how, how to make the structural or, or mechanical properties of a, of a building. So uh, it's architecture is more focused about designing. So I studied architectural technology as my bachelor's. I started my education when I was 18 and I left India. I'm from India. I was born in India. And I went to UK uh, in a city called Leeds at, to study bachelor's and honors of architectural technology. Uh, in a university of Leeds. I did my first year there and then I will, I got scholarship. I will, I got scholarship from European Union and then I went to Denmark to do my second year. And in Denmark, I had a chance to study architectural technology along with, um, uh, construction management. So I did like a double degree for my bachelor's and I got graduated from Denmark. And then I also did one year of internship in Uganda where I was helping government to build affordable housing. Because there is a very great demand. There is almost like 2.1 million homes of demand of houses, affordable housing for a year. So that was something I did. And then I got into space architecture in 2019, uh, where I presented my first uh, 3D printed habitat uh, on Mars 
at a NASA conference that is called that is a conference called International Conference on Environmental Space System, and it was a very uh, prestigious conference because it is a very technical and uh, a lot of uh, uh, prestigious people come to participate and to watch the conference. For example, there were astronauts and there were high high dignitary people from NASA. So I had this present and then I got more inspired because I also saw other people for the first time doing something similar. And then I kept on going. Last year, I had a chance to present a deployable origami habitat, which I will talk about it a little bit further when we come across this topic. And yes, so I think space architecture has a very bright future. And it is about uh, space architecture is not just about designing, but it is literally about finding the how the astronauts can live and work and not just live and work, but to thrive in the space. And as you know, even on the earth, uh, we need a shelter. Shelter is the most basic commodity that a human being can have. And then it's food and water. So space habitat is very much important because it protects us from solar radiation. It helps us to live better in gravity. And there are also a lot of challenges. For example, there are engineering challenges as it is in the space. And there are also other changes like psychological challenges because uh, the, the space is very small when you design something for the space. As the less materials you carry from Earth to uh, space is less expensive. The more materials you carry, the more expensive the mission becomes. So you have to design something in a very small space. You have to accommodate the kitchen, the other kind of engineering systems, the water recycling systems, the food recycling systems, the bed, the computer, and everything in a very small space. So uh, you don't have enough self-privacy. You don't have your private room. You just have a private bed. For like one example, one current example is International Space Station. So uh, there are also a lot of psychological uh, factors that uh, Im- implicate in, in that moment. So space designing is about are considering engineering, impl- considering psychological factors, sociological factors, other factors, challenging factors on the space, and uh, also to design in such a way that we love to see that habitat. Right. So, well, maybe I'm, I'm going to jump a little bit back on, on one of the things that you were mentioning about uh, you were forming part of an uh, organization or, or, or a work about uh, affordable housing in Uganda, you were saying? Yes. So what are the similarities that you have found on your, like, for, for example, now that you are, you are studying like the, the way how you're going to manage, uh, trying to do like these new designs for housing over there? So most, most, either it's affordable housing or either it's space architecture, both has a cost constraints. Because even to build an affordable housing, we have, we have a certain amount of cost that we can put it into it. And because we have to sell that unit and also for the space, the, the most cost effective the mission is, the more we can do it. So one of the big uh, factors, the most common thing in both of the things is cost. The other is the materials, because even in affordable housing, we try to find affordable materials. For example, let's say red bricks, which are constructed on the site or straw bell construction or hand grid construction so or or this kind of construction we use for affordable housing 
whereas also for the space we need we use carbon fiber or the i i use the basalt fiber for my uh 3d printed habitat and for my origami habitat we use aluminum panels so there's also uh materials that you need to consider for on earth the materials are being considered for, in terms of uh, cost effectiveness whereas for space habitats materials are very crucial uh for the challenges that the space in the space the habitat will face for example uh on the mars because mars just has only a less than 1% of atmosphere to earth and mars has a lot of solar radiation and also there is no oxygen and so the so so the materials used on mars are the one, some materials that we can use is carbon fiber or basalt fiber or alum, aluminum silicate as a glass windows so materials play a very important role to keep the habitat sustainable for a longer duration of time because also either is equitable and third up third thing will be like um, the duration of the habitat because we don't want to build something that will that will not last for more than a year or two years or three years because architecture is all about when you design something it stays for at least 50 years whether it's any kind of architecture that's how we see the lifespan of our lifespan of a structure is very much important and it is common in both the areas so as let's say for example if i'm we if i'm designing an affordable house i want it to stay long so the person who is buying it or the government who is providing it can doesn't have to do any kind of work into it or doesn't have to put more amount of money to for to increase the lifespan of the structure the same thing is for the space because if we are spending a billion dollar to send something to the mars we are sending a crew we want we we cannot afford to go back and come back because it takes 6 months to go from mars to uh, to go from earth to mars it is a 6 to 7 months of journey with so much of challenges satellite challenges communication challenges etc etc so lifespan is also very much important that is the third factor that i will say fourth factor is even affordable housing has to be very space conscious because you cannot build like a 3000 square foot of a space and call it an affordable house especially if i'm talking about a, a house in uganda so it has certain amount of square feet that you can build it up to for example 1000 square feet i think is very much enough 1000 to 1500 square feet is being considered ideal for affordable housing whereas for space habitats we don't consider building in square feet we consider building in volume because uh there is no gravity in the space and on mars mars gravity is only one third of earth's gravity so you, you uh, your body language is very much acts very much different in space due to less gravity your movement is very different so you design a different way but so in space you calculate uh, per volume not per square feet so that is the space is also one of the very much fourth important factor fifth is liveability whether it's any whether it's a habitat on the earth or on the space you want to just make sure that you enjoy your time you are able to function functions is very much important for affordable housing on earth i think the common things will be to have a kitchen or to have a good ventilation or to have a bathroom or to have a bedroom these are some common 
things that we need and the structural stability. The same thing we need also for space habitats that astronauts can sleep. They are protected from radiation. They have the water recovery system. They have the food recovery system. They have a greenhouse in the habitat. So then they can produce their own uh, fruits and vegetables. And they have a hydroponic garden. They have a medical emergency room where they can, if there's kind of any kind of medical emergency, they can protect themselves or they can do surgeries quick way. Also, another functions that space habitat needs to have is EVA rooms. EVA rooms is something where astronauts wear their space uh, suits and get ready to go out and do extravehicular activity. That is to perform any kind of uh, activity outside of the habitat. For example, on the Apollo mission, when Neil Armstrong landed on the moon, he went out and uh, he performed some certain experiments. He collected the moon dust and he got it back. So there are there are, there are a lot of hazardous um, uh, situations outside in the open space, whether it's on moon, if it is in space, or it's on the Mars. So astronauts need a room that is called an EVA room, where they will get ready, they will wear dress up, and also there is another room that. Another room is like an airlock pressurization room. So when astronauts, when you open a habitat, you don't want to straight away enter to the main main part of the habitat because then you will have all the infiltrated air inside. You won't have you won't have the pure air, uh, oxygen, or you don't have you won't have the pure hydrogen inside. You will have the uh, bad air coming into your habitat, and which will spoil the whole atmosphere, which will affect the atmosphere of the habitat. So there's also one room where there is uh, air is being cleansed and this pressurized. And then you enter the main part of the habitat. So there are a lot of different, this kind of considerations. So functions is, I think, the fifth most important point. So let's, I think, maybe if we summarize. Yeah, so materials is one of the important parts. Then functions is one of the important parts. And space is one of the important parts. These are, there are, there are a lot of similarities between the, both, both. <laughs> no, no. Thank you, thank you for sharing that. And uh, yeah, it, it's pretty interesting how how everything is trying to kind of merge in in different functions, right? And in, in terms of what what is going to be uh, needed over there, right? So, uh, for example, now that you were talking about uh, this program that has uh, been developed in Houston, I think you you mentioned that, right? So, um, how was your approach with uh, with the programs? Have you traveled to Houston or how the pro the progress of this situation has, has become being more real? So I haven't, uh, studied this uh, space architecture course at University of Houston. It's, I have some friends studying that course. It's in states. That program is, uh, mostly focused on fluid mechanics. That is how, that is like a different kind of, uh, not just it's not just habitat about Mars or the moon, but it has also about to do with something rocket design and aeroplane design and space shuttle design. So it is a very uh, intensive uh, on also how to design our international space station, suborbital habitats, orbital habitats. So it is mostly focused on aerospace engineering. And th that is something that is not my background. So I didn't, I had, had a chance to study that course. So I am doing I studied by myself and I, I did a lot of uh, online courses as well from MIT. MIT has an open courseware 
which helps you to understand, which provides some free courses. So I studied uh, astronautics, basics of astronautics, basics of planetary science, earth sciences. So I get an idea about uh, the atmosphere of Mars, the conditions of Mars, the challenges on Mars, the topography of Mars. And that's how then I also try, I did some material, material and structural engineering. So it helped us to help me to understand different kind of materials. And then I knew design from my background. So I, I, in a way, combined three to four different fields into one to build a habitat. Correct. How do you like it so far? Thank you for being with us. If you want to know about the following part, just keep in touch and follow us for the next part of this episode. And please don't forget to leave me a review on whichever platform that you're using to listen in this podcast, either good or bad. Remember, Mexican have thicker skin, you will hurt my feelings, that's for sure. And better yet, if it has some good criticism so I can learn from it and improve it, that will be even greater. I understand this hasn't been perfect, but it can be better every time. I recognize your time is valuable, and would like you to enjoy this moment with me as well. Also, if you like what you get from this audio, I would recommend you to be the first to share this info with your friends, so maybe they can get something valuable from it as well. Thanks for listening, and let's meet again soon.